0: Shall we open our Bibles to 1st Samuel 16? Samuel 16. And I'm going to read from verse 6 to 12. Samuel 16, verse 6 to 12. And it came to pass when they were come... That he looked on Eliab, that is Samuel looked on Eliab, and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, that's the second son, And made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shama, the third son, to pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of the sons, of his sons, to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord has not chosen this. And Samuel said unto Jesse, I hear all thy children. And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. And he sent and brought him in. Now he, that was David, was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. By the grace of God, for a few minutes, in this first service, I will be speaking on the subject, facing the giants of life. How can I face and successfully deal with the giants of life? Whether it is in financial sector, or in my marriage, or in my relationship. Or in my career, how can I, as it were, face and defeat and successfully handle the giants of life? In the land of our promise, there will be giants there. Before the children of Israel entered into the land of promise, there were giants there. The reason why they are giants is because the land flow with milk and honey. And it's only a land that flows you with know, honey that produces giants. And those who are going to live in that land must be able to handle and deal with giants. So, if you are going to get the best out of your relationship, out of your ministry, out of your career, out of your financial life, you must learn how to face the giants of life. Facing the giants of life. Let us pray. Precious Father, we thank you for your loving kindness and tenderness. And thank you for what you have in mind to share with your people. Let the entrance of your God give light and give understanding to them and help them to be able to learn the skill and the experiences required to be able to face and deal with successfully the giants of life in whatever form in which they exist and in whatever way in which they show themselves. And we give you the glory and all the praise. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Facing the giants of life. As a believer, you, have got, you, have, you, you need to have a dream. You need to have a dream. A dream simply means something in the future that you are looking forward to becoming. Something in the future you are looking forward to doing. Something in the future that you are looking forward to having. Something in the future that you are looking forward to accomplishing. A dream simply means something in the future which you are looking forward as it were to achieve, to become, to have, to possess, or as it were, to accomplish. If you don't have a dream, you'll just be drifting along. And your life is meant for more things than just drift along. You are here according to God's purpose. Before he formed you, he knew you. And before he brought you forth, there was something he ordained you to be. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. Thoughts and plans of good and not of evil. So there was something in God's mind that he planned your life to be. And he reveals it to us from time to time. And once it is revealed to us, it becomes our dream. It becomes something that you and I look forward to as it were, to become as we go on in the business of living. You need a dream for your life. It is one of God's gifts to each and every one of us. A dream is one of God's gifts to each and every one of us. A dream is not just given to one person and not to the other person. Every one of us is formed for a purpose. And there is something to look forward to. We thank God for the past. That is our memory. But you and I also need to know that you and I have a future. You and I have somewhere we are going. You and I have something God wants us to do. You and I have something God wants us to become. And that thing is what we call a dream in Christian palace. Nothing will ever happen as it were without a dream. In other words, what your future is going to be is something that God will give to you as a dream. And if it's ever going to happen, God wants you to see it before it happens. At times, a dream is called a vision. Apostle Paul had it. In Acts chapter 26, verse 19, Apostle Paul says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. When God takes something about your future and shows it to you, all things being equal, it is one of those things that you can expect. And it's a gift of God. Several years ago, December 19, 1981, God gave me a dream. He gave me a vision. He said, I have called you, I have chosen you, I have ordained and anointed you to take my word to the nations, emphasizing its integrity. Now, that is a dream. That was, as it were, a vision. When God takes something, he certainly knows about your future and shows them to you. When God takes something according to his own plan, reveal it to you so that you can know what his plans are and you can organize yourself and put yourself together in such a way that you can eventually experience it everything in life that is ever going to happen first of all start as a dream now I am living in my dream so many years ago in this town it was a dream but now it is reality if you are going to experience the reality of what God's plan is for your life, it will first of all start as a dream. A dream. Just something that has been shown to you about the future, which is going to happen as it were, and you have a responsibility to organize yourself in such a way that it comes to pass. So everything begins as a dream. Napoleon Bonaparte, who was a Christian, said, imagination rules the world. In other words, what you see happen in the world today was one time a dream. Imagination rules the world. What you see people doing today at one point in their lives was just a mere dream. So God has been known to give dreams to people. As a believer, your ability to dream is a God-given gift. It differentiates us from animals. Animals have no dreams. Animals have no dreams, but you and I should have a dream. You need to ask anybody who is your friend, your colleague, your associate, who is a Christian. What is your dream? What has God revealed to you? Your future holds. God spoke to Abraham. Even when Abraham was very old, one would have thought he was too old to have a dream. God told him, leave your country. Genesis 12. Leave your family. Leave the house where you live in. Follow me. And I will show you a land which you will hereby inherit. And Abraham followed. It started as a dream. But today it's reality. So, uh, as a child of God, that's one of the gifts. If you don't have that gift yet, you may have the gift of eternal life. You may have the gift of ministering to people. You may have other gifts. But this is an important gift for you also to have. Because God is a giver of several gifts. He is a blesser, he gives gifts to his people. And one of the gifts you need to have is you need to have the gift of seeing a little bit about what your future is like. It may not have happened, but you need to know it before it happens. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, verse 18, it says, Remember not the things of old, neither consider the things that are past. Behold, I do a new thing. Then in verse 19, it says, Before it springs forth. I tell you of them. So God gives dreams. That is something you need to understand. He shows this to us. The Bible says, Unto us, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Matthew 13:11. God will never do a thing without, first of all, giving the person is going to do it concerning an insight into it. God has a way of revealing them to us. In Matthew 13:16, Jesus told the people that walk with him, say, Blessed are your eyes. For the sea. Well, God was going to do something to Jeremiah. He gave it to him as a dream first. In Jeremiah 1 thing, God said, Behold, see, I have made you the head of other nations to root out, to throw down, to destroy, to uproot, to build, and to plant. Then he asked him, What do you see? What do you see? It is your right to have a dream. It is one of those gifts that God gives us. Animals cannot imagine the future. But you and I have the ability, not just to remember our past, but also we have the ability to imagine our future. However, having said all of that, that you and I should have a dream, for every one person who is pursuing their dream, there are nine other people who are afraid to get started. You can see me pursuing my dream you can see several other people pursue their dream in business, in politics, in science, in academics. You can see several people pursue their dreams. But for every one person that you see pursuing their dreams, there are nine other people who are afraid to start. Not because they don't have a dream. Some of them it may be because, uh, not because there is no dream, but probably they have not gone to go to receive the dream. And at times, when people even receive the dream, the problem is that they have not been able to start. They have not been able to go into making the effort to see this dream become reality. Your dream should not be a pipe dream. A pipe dream simply is something that you see God wanting to make of your life, but it's just there. You talk about it, you think about it, you probably tell others about it, but you've done nothing about it. The purpose of a dream is that you and I should cooperate with God and eventually it becomes a reality. So for every one person that you see pursuing this dream, there are nine other people who are doing nothing about it. I remember years ago when we were in this town, I got saved in 1918. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit the same year. Then I received the call in 1981. And there was a group among which we worked in those days. And all of us used to talk about our call, our dream, our vision. But you see, this morning as I was praying, and just getting ready for the service. I started thinking about all those people that we used to pray together. And I was shocked that many of them today have even forgotten about it. I've met several of them in so many places. And I've discovered that they have not done anything about it. A few people have gone on to do some things about it. But some, really, the majority, have really done nothing about it. Are you like one of those nine out of ten who are yet to do something about your dream? I want you to know this. Many times people are afraid to get started. At other times, when people start along the pathway of their dreams, they face opposition. They face hindrances. They faced giants in their promised land. God told Israel, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. And I'm going to take you into the promised land. Where you are going to inherit. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6 verse 23. He brought them out that he may bring them in. And that he may give them the land of their possession. He brought them out that he may bring them in. And that he may bring them as it were. Give them the land of possession that he has promised them. But you all know that about the 3 million people that came out of the promised land, almost two-thirds never made it into the promised land. Why? They faced giants and they could not deal with those giants. They could not deal with those giants. I want us to look at the life of David today as someone that God gave a dream to. And the various kind of giants that he had to encounter. And these giants are similar to the giants that you and I will encounter. If we are going to enter into the realization of the dream that God gives us. You can never enter into the land of promise without having to deal with giants. You can never become everything God wanted to be without overcoming obstacles. You can never have what God wanted to have without treading upon serpents and scorpions. And all the parts of the enemy. The devil will not fold his hands and allow your destiny to unfold. He will not just keep quiet and allow you to go on and become everything God wanted to be. There will be giants on our pathway to wherever we are going. God may show us, but the devil will try to hinder us. But God is there to help us. And we are going to learn from the land of David four things that you are i four giants, four giants. You are going to have to deal with for you to enter into your land of promise. And we are going to learn from David how to deal with With all of these four giants. And by the end of the day, all I just wanted to do is to commit yourself to the fact that what God has showed me, that is what I will become. Where God is taking me to, that's where I will get to. What God has planned for me to have, that is what I'm going to have. I'm not going to come short. I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to be less in any way of what God's intention is for my life. You're going to have to make that commitment. I am where I am today because I fought a lot of giants in the land. And I thank God, I fought with the beast of Ephesus, and have been able to prevail. And yet, I'm still entering into the promised land, because you don't conquer your promised land in one year, five years. When the two of Israel started entering into the promised land, several years after they came there, they were still reclaiming some parts of the land that they had not reclaimed. Just like I want to tell you, I haven't tied to my promised land, but I've seen concrete giants in that land. You know, I'm still having to deal with certain things and certain places that are still like under the possession of giants. And you too will have to deal with such giants. God gave a vision, gave a dream to David. David was given the dream. What was the dream he was given? We just read it in 1 Samuel 16. The Bible says he was given a dream that he was going to be the king of Israel. Was going to be the king of Israel. The first king of Israel was Saul. He messed up. And so God told Samuel, I wanted to go to the house of David, just just Jesse, and anoint me a king there. So Samuel went to the house of Jesse. And when he got there, he said, Do you have any son here? And Jesse said, I have eight sons. Eight. He said, Wow, eight sons. You see, when God decides to give you something. It doesn't mean that there are no others around. But what he has given them is different. And so you need to understand that whatever God has given you is peculiar to you. He said, you have eight sons? He said, yes. He said, okay. Please, can you bring them? And he started by looking at the first one, Eliab. Ah, God said this, not the one. Then another one, Abinadab. God said this, not the one. And then the third one, he was Sama. God said this, not the one. Ah, what about the remaining? He Brought the other four. He brought them before Samuel, one after the other. Samuel knocked out seven of them. So someone asked him, Are these all the children you have? He said, No, I have eight. He said, There is still one. There is still one child. There's still one son. He said, Where is he? He said, Well, he's just in the wilderness. He's wanting just the little ships that we have left because the Philistines have conquered us and they are taking our sheep and cheating us, but he is there. He said, go and call him. He will not sit down until he comes. And so eventually, they brought David. And David was anointed to be king. Wow, what, 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 what a dream. For you, a shepherd boy, to be anointed as a king? Let me say this to you. Where God is taking you is so far from where you are now. Do not fail to believe that God can make a king out of a shepherd boy. 2 Corinthians 3, 5. We are not sufficient of ourselves to think ourselves to be anything. Our sufficiency is of God, who has made us able. Years ago in this town, I was just a young Christian who had been in occultism, who had been around. My life was meaningless. And God said, I have called you. I have chosen you. I have anointed, chosen and anointed you to take my word to the nations. That was a dream. You know, a dream at times looks so far-fetched. Because where you are is so far. From where you are going, that's why we call it a dream. It's a dream, you know? Well, you have a dream of a lofty thing, and then you wake up to reality. You have a dream that you are overseas, and you wake up and see yourself on a two-by-six bed, squatometer, sleeping in somebody else's city room. So a dream always looks far-fetched. But you see, for that dream to become reality, you are going to have to deal with four giants. And I'm going to show you the giants that they will have to deal with Before he dealt with Goliath. Goliath was the last giant. That David had to conquer. He had to deal with four other giants. Before he eventually faced Goliath. He had to deal with four other giants. In your land of promise. You are going to deal with four giants. Number one giant. That David had to deal with. Was the giant of delay. The giant of delay. For David. There was actually a long delay between when David was anointed king and when he actually saw the fulfillment of his dream years later. This is the first giant you need to deal with. The moment God shows you where you are going, it won't happen immediately. It will unfold instantly. It won't be something that you'll immediately see. There is going to be a time. Between when God shows you where he's taking you to and when you eventually get there and you need to be able to handle that period of delay. Well, I told you December 19, 1981. God called me and said, I have called you, I have chosen you, I have ordained and anointed you to take my word to the nations. December 19, 1981. 82, nothing happened. 83, nothing happened. 84, nothing happened. 85, nothing happened. 86, nothing happened. 87, nothing happened. 88, nothing happened. 89, nothing happened till August 28. You are going to have to conquer the giant of delay. Yet a little while, and he that will come, will come. All those things will not unfold so sweet, so quickly, so swiftly. After it is said, Hebrews 10 35 says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. You have need of patience after you have done the will of God that you may inherit the promise. Yet a little while, and he that will come, will come, it says for now the just shall live by faith. So, what you need to know is this, a dream will be given to you. But the manifestation, the realization, there will be a delay. And if you are not the kind of person that is patient. If you are not the kind of person that is persistent. If you are not the kind of person that is insistent. If you are not the kind of person that will not give up. If you are not the kind of person that will persevere. You may never see the realization of the dream. Realizing a dream will take time. Realizing your dream will take time. God doesn't give us a dream on one day and fulfill it the next day. It is years later you see it come to pass or fulfill. There is always a delay. There is always a time lapse. There is always a waiting period. Now, in David's case, you will think immediately he was anointed king. Okay, now let's go to the power. Hail the king. But that was not what happened. The next thing that happened after this anointing was that he was sent back to the place from where he was called to come and be anointed. First Samuel 17, verse 12, and 15, 12 to 15. The Bible tells us that after that encounter in first Samuel 16, Abinadab, Eliab, and Shammah, they joined the army. But David was too young to join the army. So what did his father do? 1 Samuel seventeen fifteen, he said he told him to go back to the sheepfold where he was walking before he came to be anointed king. Some of you are still students, but that does not rule do like out the fact that God has given you a dream. Some of you are still single. That does not mean that God has not given you a dream. Some of you are in Nigeria now. That does not mean that God has not given you a dream to conquer the world. You are so small now in your sight. That does not mean that the dream of be, becoming great at the end is not be given to you. You need to have know how to manage delay. There's going to be a little time of patience. Let patience have a perfect walk. That be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Let me say something to you and listen to me carefully. Whenever God gives you a dream, there are certain people that will hold you back. From becoming the dream. Some of you can be called into the ministry. And I can tell you this. The people that love us most at times. Are the people that hold us back. From entering into our dream. Who was it that held David back? It was his father. It was his father. His father said okay go back. Go back go to where, where we called you from. People who love us at times. Are so interested in us. That even when you want to pursue your dreams. They will say no no no. We don't want you to do that. They do it because they love us, not because they hate us. There are some of you here who are going to be called into the ministry. And your mother will almost curse you for going to the ministry. Your wife will fight with you. Your friends will think you are crazy. Your colleagues will think you are out of your mind. And you are going to have to deal with that giant. Some of you will have to resign from lucrative jobs. To pursue the dream of being in the ministry. I remember when I was going to leave Kwarapuli. The director of the school, the head of the school, the principal of the school, I went and gave him my letter of resignation. And the man said, no, you can't be serious. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep this letter for six months. I told him, I said, there's going to be any need. There's not going to be any need for me to come back. He said, no, I'm going to keep it for six months. The first, force you are going to deal with is the giant of delay. Because those things will not quickly happen. And the people that love us most at times are going to be the people that stand in our way. And you're going to have to learn how to deal with these people. These people who think you're not old enough to do what you want to do. You are not, you are not educated enough. You don't have the experience. You're a woman, by the way, for crying out loud. How can you say God has called into the ministry? You're a woman. Women should be in their husband's houses producing children. You come and tell me that God has called you to a worldwide ministry. And you're going to be casting out devils. You're going to be healing the sick. You're going to be holding crusade in cities. That is the first giant you're going to have to face. The giant of something that holds you back. And at times, this is a barrier that you'll have to break through. There'll be people who want to hold you back. Those who hold you back the most are those who love you. God has a plan for your life. But so does everybody else. Let me say this to you. As a father, I have a plan for my children's life. But you see, you need to understand that God also has got a plan for their lives. When the plan of God for your life and the plan of the people that love you for your life contradict, then there will be a delay. The plan of your father is when you finish your first degree in law, I'm going to sell it to England, you're going to do LLM, and you're going to practice law in England. That's the plan of your father. But the plan of God is, I have called you to take my healing power to the nations. And whenever there is a contradiction between these two plans, there is going to be a delay because those people will hold you back. That was what happened to David. His father, who saw it when he was anointed. His father, who knew that the prophet said, this is he, was still the same person. Well, even if a father who knows your dream holds you back, what about a father who does not have a clue? Some of us have fathers who don't have a clue. He doesn't even know what ministry is. He doesn't know what calling is. Let me challenge you here. God is the one who sent you to this world. Is not your parents. God used your parents as God used your parents as channels or tools to get you here. The person you answer to in the final analysis is God the maker of all things, by whom, through whom, for whom, and in whom are all things, many of you have failed to win that giant. That giant has held you out of your land of promise. You are not all you can be. You don't have all you can have because the giant has kept you in bondage. The giant has kept you under. Your parents keep telling you. I remember the young man some years ago who read medicine. And when he finished medicine, he told his father, I want to go into the ministry. The father said, Unless I die. And the son said, please don't die. Because I'm going to go into the ministry. And no matter what you say, I'm going to go into the ministry. God used you as a channel to bring me to this world. You are not the Lord of my life. God is. Which is true. So you need to defeat that giant. And David conquered that giant. The first giant you're going to have to deal with. On your on your way to your land of promise. The giant of delay. Number two Giant. The second barrier in the fulfillment of your dream is the barrier of discouragement. The barrier of discouragement. After David had been for a long time in the sheepfold, he didn't break the law, he didn't flout the law of his parents. He submitted himself to his parents. A day came. A day came. When his father called him and said, okay, You are going to go and minister to your brothers in the war front. Eliab, Shama, and Abinadab, who are soldiers in the army of Saul. So, he gave him some things. He said, please take all these things. Take all these things. Take all these things. And take it to your brother in the war front. And so, David took all those things and went to the war front. When he got to the war front, what was it that he met? There was a champion of the Philistines by the name of Goliath of Gath. Who was 10 feet 3 over 4 inches tall. And the man was terrorizing the armies of Israel. David got there. And he saw Goliath terrorizing the armies of Israel. He saw Goliath embarrassing the armies of Israel. Goliath told the armies of Israel. said I'm only one person. And all I want is just choose one person. So that me and that person can fight. Let me and that person fight. If I kill the person. You become my servant. If that person kills me, we become your servant. And he did that according to First Samuel seventeen verse six for forty days. For forty days, nobody had an answer. The Bible says in First Samuel seventeen eleven, everybody was dismayed, everybody was afraid, and Goliath kept harassing everybody, terrorizing, embarrassing. You will face discouragement. You will have to conquer the giant of discouragement. You will have to deal with discouragement because God called you to something does not mean that everything around you will encourage you. Every person and everything around you will not encourage you. When he got to the battlefront, everybody was discouraged. Everybody was discouraged. Everybody was discouraged, and even you will see the next thing was that when he wanted to make an effort, ah, everybody thought, you can't do it. Everybody was discouraged. Everybody felt there was no hope. This man has been raised up by the devil to destroy the armies of Israel. Everybody was demoralized. They were gripped with anxiety. They were terrified. They felt hopeless. Everybody felt it can't be done. This man is too big. Nobody can deal with him. Hopeless. Let me tell you this. Whenever the dream God has given you is big, the first thing after you have dealt with delay is that the vision will look too big to the point that you'll be discouraged. Years ago when I had the call of God, I have called, you have chosen, you have ordained, and I just, At times I look at it to take my word to the nations. (laughs) And I was riding a motorcycle. I was not earning much. My wife and I were barely surviving. We were barely being able to eat and drink and live our lives. It was a great discouragement. And nobody was around to let me give them. In fact, when I tell people to just laugh, (laughs) they just laugh. Just like a, please. I remember one man of God came to my house and when I told him that I was going to go to the nations, he looked at my motorcycle and said even this your motorcycle cannot get to offer your town you say you are going to the nations and at times I just feel low I feel my mind feels like somebody's been beaten down but you are going to have to conquer discouragement. You are going to have to deal with it. You feel at times that wow this thing is beyond me. This thing is too massive. And that was the way David felt. He was going to be king, but look at this man. Unless this man is conquered, unless this man is defeated, there was no way he's been a king can be a worthy experience. You are going to have to deal with and defeat the giant of discouragement. Even after you say you have the call, you tell your friend, you, ah, forget it. Forget it, that thing can happen. From a learning to the end of the earth. It's a pipe dream. Probably you have eaten too much or you slept too early. Everybody who has invented some something, we are discouraged at the stage. The man who invented the telephone. When he took it to someone, he wanted to finance it. The person said, Please carry this your miserable box out of my office. The people who invented the aircraft in Texas. When they said they had this impression, they had a dream that they were going to produce an equipment that can fly and carry load and carry people in the air. Some people felt that they were mad. And at a point in time, they said, they had to abandon it at a stage, but they had to pick it up again. The second giant you're going to deal with, when God gives you a dream, is the giant of discouragement. Are you discouraged? Even after you have heard from God and you begin to pursue it, are you discouraged? It's like, has the wind been taken out of your sail? Are you as confident as you used to when you started out? After God came in 1981, 1982, I was so discouraged because I thought about it myself. I thought about it from learning to the nations. Nations So, what did I do? I tried to go to America. But God went there and stopped me because God knows the feeling of our infirmities. He knows our weaknesses and our frailties. He's a helper of our joy. He's there to keep us up and keep us going. If we only are willing, the second giant you're going to deal with is the giant of discouragement. So, you can never achieve anything worthwhile if you refuse to conquer discouragement. You are feeling low. Others before you felt like that. When we started building this place, this place, where we started building it, this place took about 320 million naira to build. When we built it, I remember some people came to me and said, (laughs) Chat, you are bite, you get the lechulobai. Discouraging. But you see, you're going to have to conquer that. You're going to have to say, no, I can. And it's not just I can. I can do all things through Christ that makes me evil. the giant of discouragement. People will come and bust your balloon. It will look like a pipe dream. It will look like too far out there for it to become reality. But press up the upward way and you'll gain new heights every day. And for as long as you're pressing up, you and standing on Christ the solid rock the dream was put in your heart. The dream for this place was put in my heart by God. This place used to be a football field but God put the dream in my heart. The dream to take the word of God to the nations was put in my heart by God. The dream God has put in your heart. It was God who put you there. Put it there. No man. Everything will cooperate to knock it off. The first thing is delay. The second thing is discouragement number 3 giant that you are going to have to face in whatever you believe god wants you to do is the giant of disapproval the giant of disapproval most people never go after their dream because they are afraid of disapproval they are afraid of rejection in david's case his brother's question is motive. And disapprove of David going after the giant. At times you and I want everybody to like us, approve and to like us and approve everything we do. Listen to me. If you have a dream, most people will not approve you doing it. Most people will not approve you doing it. Most of your colleagues will not approve you doing it it's a real dream from God, you have to conquer the giant of disapproval. Moses brothers, the question is motive. The Bible says in 4 Samuel 17, 26, and every respect to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be given to the man that killed this Philistine and take it away. The reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, after the manner saying, so shall it be done to the man that killeth him. There were three promises that was given to the man who killed Goliath. Number one, he will no longer pay taxes. Number two, he will become a son-in-law to the king. And then number three, another thing was given to him. He said, uh, the third thing is that he will be given wealth. He will be enriched. Those were the three things that were promised him. Now, when Elijah, when, 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 when the the, the junior, the junior, I mean the senior brothers, had that David was in inquiring about what will be given to the man who killed that guy, the Bible said, in verse twenty-eight. And Eliab, his eldest brother, had when he spake unto the man, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said. Why camest thou thither and with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the naughtiness of your heart for you are come down that you may see the battle. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him to another person. You are going to have to conquer the giant of disapproval. You are going to have to conquer the giant of disapproval. Not everybody will put a stamp on what you say God tells you to do. God is asking you to go into the ministry. Many people will not put a stamp of approval on it. God asks ask you to resign and start your own business. Many people will not put that. Because there is always an element of fear. There is always an element of risk. The greater the risk you take, the greater the profit you make. If you, are not, if you want everybody to, uh, people to approve all you do, you will do nothing. Well, we are going to start this building and we are going to start it. One person said, why don't you consider putting this kind of building in Lagos or Ibadan? Why do you have to put it in Lurie? I said, we are not putting it in Lagos or Ibadan. We are putting it in the kingdom of God. That's my simple answer. They were looking at it from the flesh. But we are looking at it from the spirit. They disapproved this building. They disapprove the gallery. They say, "Why well, put a gallery? This place is enough." They disapprove the height. When I was going to go into the ministry and I was going to take the work out to the so I said, no, "No, no, don't go to the nation. Stay in Nigeria. Nigeria needs you." As you go after the dream God has put in your heart, there will be naysayers, sayers. n a y sayers. People will say no. There will be critics. There will be attacks. There will be those who misunderstand you. There will be those who judge you for what you do because they don't get it. David's brother treated him with disdain, with distrust, with disgust. They demeaned him. They disregarded him. They belittled him. So, what are you doing here? You think we are joking here? But you know, they were present when David was made king. When David was anointed to be king, they were there. There's something we call sibling rivalry. And you won't say we let Some people don't want you to do what you do because, what God says you should do, because they believe if you do it, you'll be greater than them. So they don't want it. They believe you'll embarrass the family. Some of them. They believe that if God is going to choose anything, he's going to choose the most eldest, I mean the eldest. But you see, when it comes to God's plan for our lives, he does not plan our lives based on seniority. The first girl in the family don't have to marry before the last one marries. The first son in the family does not have to make money before the last one makes money. Moses was the last born in the family. When Moses made the to marry, his brother did not approve it. Aaron, neither did his sister, Miriam. They criticized him. Sibling rivalry. Don't ever expect people to approve it. Most of the time, we take our pearl and spread it first wines. I remember when I told someone I was going to go buy a custom-made car. He said, don't try it. I said, I'm not trying it. I'm doing it. I'm not trying it. I said, I'm going to do it. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Why does he say? I said, why did you say I should not try it? He said, why should I do it? Uh-uh. God has made it possible to do it, God gave me a revelation that I should do it and that's why I want to do it. You are going to conquer the giant of disapproval. You will conquer the giant of delay. You will conquer the giant of discouragement. You will conquer the giant of disapproval and then number four, you will have to conquer the giant of doubt. Doubt. Now let me, let me say this. There is a difference between unbelief and doubt. Unbelief simply means not to believe it at all from day one. Doubt simply means you believe it in the beginning, but along the line, you are now beginning to question. With what is happening, can it happen? Especially when experts begin to talk to you. David's sibling disapproved him, but Saul the king made him to doubt. Eliab Shama, Abinadab, we are recruits into Saul's army. Saul has been an expert, he has been fighting several wars. If fact, God raised him up to be a warrior, so he knows. So when David went to him and said I want to face the giant Look at what happened Verse 32 Look at what happened Verse 31 And when the words were heard When David spake, They rehearsed them before Saul And he sent for him And David said to Saul Let no man's heart fail Because of him Thy servant will go and fight With this Philistines And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight. You are not able. Saul said, I am an expert. I have fought wars all my life. Not even me can face this one. Don't let anybody doubt what God said. Let God be true. Romans 3, 4. And let every other person be a liar. There was a man that I told years ago in this town that I'm going to go into the nations. You know what he told me? He said, I have been in the since 1971. I have been a minister of the gospel in London since 1971. Here you are in 1982 telling me you want to go to the nations. He says, since 1971, have I gone to Cameroon or Ghana? He said, you are not going to be able to go. And you know something? After he said it, because he was an authority, he was the only one that had a ministry in this town then. He was the only one. That night I could not sleep. I started doubting. (laughs) Probably this thing is not true. Because when the experts speak, you listen. The expert lawyer speaks. The expert minister speaks. The expert man tells you, churches don't grow there. I read the story of a man who was in Texas and who was going to another part of America to start ministry without money, without connection, without knowing anybody. And he went to this man who was an expert on church planting. And he told him, I'm going to so and so to plant the church. You know what the man said? He said, forget it. Churches don't grow there. The man said, he went back home and he, was, he couldn't sleep. For a whole week, he could not sleep. Why? The experts have spoken. But you know what? You need to face that giant. When the experts tell you your condition cannot be healed, you need to overcome the giant of doubt. When experts tell you this marriage cannot work, you need to overcome the giants of doubt. Doubt simply means a second thought that occurs to you even after you have embraced what the word of God says, what God's dream is about your life. Are you doubting some things? Some things that God told you some years ago, are you beginning to think probably I didn't hear him well? Probably it's not Elan he told me to come to. There is a man. He came to me in the um, U.S. He came to me in the city known as Baltimore. He said, God spoke specifically to me and said, go to learning, my work shall prosper in your hands. So he asked me, what should I do? I said, you say, God said, am I competing with God? Should I have to approve what God said? But he now made a mistake. He made a mistake. He now spoke to three other ministers from Eloran. And they told him, forget it. Churches don't grow in Eloran. Forget it. They told him, fuck, look. Don't even think about it. So the man came back to me and said, but you, I said, listen to me. Once you say God said, did you hear him? He said, yes. Was it God who said, it? who made you? God. Who sent you? God. Where did he send it to? Eloran. It. Come. It's almost two years now. The man has not come. Every time he will text me, I'll be coming to United in a month's time. I'll wait for him, he didn't come. What is happening? Doubt. He already had what God said. Luke 12, 29 says, "Be not of a doubtful heart, you must kill that giant of doubt. What is making you to second guess God? What is making you to have another mind different from? The first word is the right word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Between 1981 and 1989, don't you think doubt occurred to me several times? Don't you think I question the fact that probably it is not take my word to the nations, it's probably take my word out. I was going to almost begin to redefine. Yet a little while and he that will come will come. You need to kill the giant of doubt. What are the giants to deal with? Giant number one, the giant of delay. What are the giants to deal with? Giant of discouragement. What are the giants to deal with? Giant of disapproval. Do not wait for man to approve what God said. They can question your motive. Why are you going to London to set up a church? Don't worry, that's where God told you to go to. But if God did not get tell you to go there, you can prosper there. Why are you going to the ministry? That's why the father had not accountant. They question your motive. They belittle you. They say you will suffer. You go here and where? Disapproving everything you want to do. Disapproving. 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 You don't need the approval. God has already approved you, God has already given you what God says you do. Of what is man. Man does not have to agree with what God said. It is God and he has said what he's going to say. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to conquer those giants before you can enter your land of promise. The giant of delay, there will be a delay. Your son may not come. Your daughter may not come. The job may not come. The door may not open. Giant of delay. Giant of discouragement. You may not be encouraged by what you see or meet on ground when you get there. Giant of disapproval. People may not rubber stamp your ministry. I remember when I went to England for the first time, I preached. One man came after that. I said, Go. He said, If you have a plan to be coming to England to preach, you won't preach like this. O. I said, Like how? He said, You are just quoting scripture. Coding scripture. You close your eyes. You are quoting scripture. You are quoting scripture. You lay hands on people. You knock them out. So You won't do that. You can't be disgracing people here. O. But do you know that while he was saying that, that was the same thing that recommended me to the nations? <laughs> so when I asked, I said, Who are you? He said, I've been a minister this time for 19 years. I say, I understand. He's disapproving me not because he knows better than I do. But he doesn't just want somebody else who's going to bring superior ministry to that place. That's all. And you won't say, will I go? Igalara. Kitamboro. Igbo fed you be lawyer. Kuliliso. Kilo shelle. No, no, make a like. Kilo shi. Make a like, my. Kilo shi. In closing this message. So, in facing the giants of life, the next thing I want to deal with very quickly, how do I defeat the giants? You need to face the giants, not to entertain them. You need to face the giants to defeat them. Quickly, four points. Number one, remember how God has helped you in the past. When David was going to face the giant. David said in 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 to 37. He said, I'm going to face this giant. Why? I remember God helped me in the past. Oh God, I helped in ages past. Use the faithfulness of God in your life before now to build your confidence for the future. Remembering how God has helped you in the past is a confidence builder. Recall. Recollect. Remember ways that God has helped you in the past. It will give you confidence for the future. For the dream in my heart for the future, I build my confidence with what God has done in my life in the past. When I was building this place and people said, where will the money come from? How will you be able to finance having the air conditioning in this place? And how will you be able to buy a generator that will be counted in this place? You know what I remember? I remember that that shed, where we used to be, we built it in 1989 for three months with a cost of 200000 naira. That was the money we spent, 1989. 200000 naira. in 1989. Nobody's more money, Oh, So I always, and we just built it in three months, generally to March. We broke the ground in December. We started building. By March, we had roofed it. So I now said to the people, I said, God who gave me money to build 200000 naira worth of auditorium is the same God who provided this because Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord. I there is something you can look back upon about your life that shows that God has been faithful. Has he not been faithful? Build your confidence with the past, He healed you, he delivered you, he saved you, he helped you through school without anybody to pay your school fees. Oh God, and help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our present help in the time of need. Remember someone who six verse 13. He said they soon forgot his works his, his walks and waited not. For his counsel. They soon forget. Human beings, you see that's what you should build your confidence what God has done before now. Whenever I have a problem with a project, I think about the things I've committed to God's hand that he has helped me with in the past. And that builds my confidence. Remember how God has helped you in a little time and confess his help in big time. Shetanah. He walobato she to di o oda melojupe o she tola kato fidai leju nebo o she tana o na lo she to di so oda melojupe yepe 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 whenever I remember how I was able to wed in 1984, 1984 two weeks to wedding I had only 200 naira. My cake for my wedding cost 180 naira. <laughs> can you imagine but I had done this so I remember how God brought me out we have taught of thy loving kindness oh Lord in the midst of thy temple according to your name O Lord so is your praise to the ends of the earth the right hand is full of righteousness the right hand is remember how God has helped you in the past, that's how to face the, Face the giant with the reality of what you have tasted. You have tasted, you have seen. Nobody can talk me out of my dream because most of the realities of today were dreams of yesterday. And if those dreams became reality, whoever said the dream of today will not become reality tomorrow. Wave your hand and say thank you, Jesus. When I was going to get married and the devil was terrifying me, how will you have children? I told the devil, I said, I am also a child. And I told the devil, I said, there is no pressure in the Bible that was ever born who never had a baby. He make it! The bad woman to keep her I've never married though. And my wife and I were discussing how many children. And I said, well, I met her. And the devil said, not know about and my father was not again. he doesn't speak only oh, 30 of us if God can be gracious to somebody who does not know Christ how much more if you know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to them that I ask number two how do you defeat giants? Use the tool that God has given you. Use the tool God has given you. Stop waiting for something you don't have. Use the tool you have got now. And somebody say, I don't have money. I don't have education. I don't have a connection. I don't have opportunity. Those are not good excuses. Use what you have. Everybody in the Bible that was able to see their dreams come to pass... They used what they had. You have water, fetch water. It will become wine. You have a small stick like Moses, put it down. It will become the rod of God. You have catapult and stone. You see it. I was looking. When the time came. You know, let me tell you this. This is the way some people hinder you from your dream. They will want you to do it their way. Listen. If it is not their dream, they don't have the way to do it. Let me say it again. If it is not their dream, they don't have the way to do it. The way to do the dream will be given to the person that has the dream. But say, eh, thank them very much. They will try to hinder you. They can even hold you back by telling you to follow their ways. God said, my ways are not your ways. Those are human ways. Anybody who does not know where you are going cannot tell you how to get there. But some people who don't have your dream want to tell you how to get there. I remember when I told somebody that God had come into the nation. You know what he said? He said, "You should go and get, join an association of ministers who are already going overseas. Then when I'm in that association, I will now be talking to people who have been going overseas. That was his own way you can imagine how that way would never have worked because nobody who goes will want to give you the key to how he goes that's why call on land of weni God <speaking> jesus mo bad dua ipelu asherun ki olon ko fi ona ha o ki olon ko fi ona ti ehn o si de bi to nlo nka to olon fe ko get here you si <speaking> get <in> here luruko jesus christi si ko onikan ni kama to i so done I told the man, I said, th- I thank you very much. I said, thank you. He said, because... Exodus 23, verse 2. Use what you have. Silver or gold have I none, but such as I have. You may not have what you think you need to have, but you have something. Lift up your head and say, I have something. Say, I have something. Say, I have, say, I have a dream. All Matthew Luther King Jr. had was a dream. He didn't have the political power. He didn't have the numbers. He didn't have the unction. He didn't have anything. But he had a dream. In that dream that God has given you, there is a way through the waters and there is going to be streaming. Can I hear you say I receive it? Sir? Unless the dream is not of God, that is when you will never know the way to prosecute the dream. Number three. Ignore this is how to deal with giants. Ignore the dream busters. People who bust people's dreams. Did David go to his father and say, Father, cancel me. Should I go against Goliath or not? Ignore the dream busters. Those who bust people's dreams. Who have busted people's dreams before now. Did he talk to his brothers? He didn't talk to his brothers when he was going against Goliath. Did he talk to Saul? He didn't talk to, so I said, look, I'm going to kill this man. Did he talk to his father? Did he talk to the commander of the, of the leaders of the armies of Israel? He did not ignore. The best way to do it is to ignore. I ignored that man. The prophet who told me to join, uh, the, to join association. I ignored the man who said, look at your motorcycle. Can he get to offer? I ignore the man who said, you two think about it. Where will you get money to be flying to the nations of the... Do you think it is free? That's what he asked me. I ignore them. Ignore people who want to bust your dreams. Don't go to them again. They don't have any wind. Not that they sails to help you with. Ignore them. Don't hate them. Don't fight them. Just ignore them. Never let them know your dreams. Never let them know your plans. Don't give your secret to swines. Some people are not worthy to know about that thing that God has told you to do. Because they are not helpers of destiny. They are erasers in life. Whenever as a pencil you begin to write on your destiny, there are people who are professional erasers. What they are out to do is to make it impossible. They are Christians, but they help the devil in doing his work. Can I hear you say, I will face the giants of life? And I will conquer every one of them. I will get into my land of destiny. And I will fulfill my purpose in life. Can I hear you say that with a shout? Thank you, Father. Ignore the dream busters. People who tell you you cannot do it. The brothers told him he cannot. Saul told him he cannot. The father went and posted him. Somebody who's been anointed king, you posted him back to the bush. The fact that your wife does not believe your dream doesn't mean your dream is not your dream. The the fact that your pastor doesn't share your dream does not mean your dream is not your dream. You are the one who knows what your future holds. You and God is a destiny issue. Your father, your maker have opened your eyes to see where you are going. Walk hand in hand with him. Four things. Number one. Thing you need to do. Remember how God has helped you in the past? Number two, use the tool that God has given you. Use the tool. What was the tool God gave me? He gave me a Bible. He gave me a house. That was the tool I used. He started my ministry. I didn't go and ask. Started looking for a auditorium to rent. I started in my house. The fellowship grew up to 139 people in my house. I used what I had. I had a I had a tape recorder. I bought a six microphone, wireless microphone, and we tune it to the tape recorder and I will preach into it and use it to amplify. I didn't start looking for land to buy. Many times you put unnecessary pressure on your face. You don't need land. But we are looking for a land. That is a kid. Then ignore the dream busters, overlook them. In your plan and your production, overlook them. Then finally, one more point. Expect expect God to help you for his glory. This was what David did. Expect him to help you for his glory. Where is that? First Samuel 17, verse 45 to verse 47. It's not your glory. It is his glory. Then said David to the Philistines, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defy this day, the Lord. You see that this day, the Lord, don't talk about yourself. It is a dream God gave you. If anybody can bring you to pass, it is God, but you're going to walk in hand with him. This day with the Lord, deliver you into my hands. And I will smite thee and take thy hand from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines. This day unto the fowls of the air. And to the wild beasts of the earth. That all the earth may know that there is a God. You are not trying to prove that you have arrived. You are trying to prove that God is faithful. First Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he who has called you who also will. He said, look at what he said there. He said that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord and he will give you into my hand. That is how to face the giant. Face the giant and let the glory of God be your focus. At the end of the day, the most important thing is that is the glory of God. I'm doing this for the glory of God. When I go to the nations of the world, I'm not thinking about updating my own credential as a human being. There is nothing I have that I did not receive. It's the glory of God I'm looking for. But everybody be know there is a God who can take somebody from alone here to 122 countries of the world. That everybody know there is a God like that. There is a God who can make first out of last. Matthew 19:30, Matthew 20:16. And the last shall be forced. And the stone with the being that rejected shall become the head of the corner. That all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. Seek the glory of God as you face the giant. You don't want to prove anything. The man has been killing bear. He has been killing lion. Did he tell anybody? Did he tell anybody? He didn't. He didn't come home one day and say daddy, daddy, daddy. Ah! Moti arrived. Nobody knew. That is someone who is pursuing the glory of God. Let the glory of God be your focus and not your own personal credential. Are you blessed this morning? Have you learned something this morning? Stand on your feet and let's bless God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory.